Jesus answered, It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was in order that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me. As long as it is day, night is coming when no man can work. I heard a minister tell that he was um, uh, going to preach in a large conference, and he was sitting on the front pew before the meeting was to start, and he heard some two ladies behind him talking. It was obvious that one of the ladies had a son that was involved in a, in a traffic accident, and his, the other person in the car was killed. But this lady's son was not killed in this accident. They were talking about it. And her friend said to her, I'm so glad, I'm so uh, grateful that your son wasn't killed in that, that accident. And he said, this woman, the mother said, yes, God is so good. And he said, I couldn't help but think as I sat there, I wonder what the other mother was saying. What was the mother of the son who was killed? What was she saying? Was she saying, God is so good? You know, as, and he said, as I was sitting there, I, was, I, I, I thought a second thing. I, I wondered what this mother would be saying if her son had been killed. Would she still say, you know, God is so good? Now, the question that people have is, you know, why do things like that happen? Why is it that a man would be born blind? You know, God, there's some things that God can't teach us except through suffering and darkness and mystery. But we, we have, we, we want to, we have, we have questions, you know. Why is it that, that something like this would happen? Or a greater question that most of us ask is, why did it happen to me? Why me? Now, there seems to be a need in all of us to ask the question, why? As a matter of fact, Jesus asked that question. My God, why have you forsaken me? And there seems to be a need in every person, innate need, to ask the question, why, or why me? And I think there are several reasons why we feel that we need the answer to the question, of the mystery of life. I think there are really several reasons why we we feel a need to ask why. I believe one is, is because that we really believe that this universe that we live in is orderly and that the universe is under God's control and we've been taught that and we, we believe that. So that because we believe that this universe is under, the, under God's control and it is an orderly universe, that it, there just seems to be the need for justice and fairness. And when something tragic comes along, like a tragic illness or a tragic death, it causes us to wonder about if this universe really is under control. I mean, we can accept the fact that some grandparent dies But when a grandchild dies, it causes us to feel that there is no order in the universe, that the universe is out of control, 
And we want to ask the question, why? Because it seems to give us some assurance, if we can get an answer to that, that indeed the universe still is under the control of God. If I can just get an answer to why, maybe I can go on believing that this is an orderly universe under the control of God. All right, secondly, sometimes we feel a need to ask why because we want to be absolved of some guilt. I mean, we feel guilty. Maybe I didn't do enough. Maybe there was something else I could have done. And, and we'd just like to find out an answer to the question why because it might help us feel better about ourselves, you see. And if I get an answer to the question why and I realize that there's nothing else I could have done, then that absolves me of guilt and I feel less guilty. I just got to know why because I want to know if there's something else I could have done. Third, sometimes I think we ask why because we want to prevent it from happening again. Now watch this. Is there a reason why this happened? And if I can understand the reason why it happened, maybe I can prevent it from ever happening again. Now Job's friends came to him. I say that word, that term friends loosely. His friends came to him and they, they were asking why. Now Job, you're a man in touch with God. Why are you suffering like this? And I think there was more involved in them just trying to find out what Job had done, although they, there must have been a little bit of that in that. But I think they were really, in, down deep inside, they were wondering, now what has caused this? Because whatever has caused this, we don't want to do it, and we want to prevent it from happening to us. See? Now, if there is some tragedy that occurs, and I can put my finger on the reason why that tragedy occurred, then I can prevent that tragedy from happening to me because I'm not ever going to make that same mistake, you see. And that's involved in what is happening here when they ask this man, uh, ask Jesus why this man was blind because they, they just felt like, you know, that it had to be for some reason and they wanted to prevent that from happening to themselves. All right, fourth. I think sometimes we ask why because it's just difficult for us to live with mystery. There's something about the human makeup that just wants to know why. You know, a few years ago when President Reagan was having his colon trouble, <laughs> did you get kind of tired of listening to all the gory details about Mr. Reagan's colon, you know? And, I mean, we learned more about, they'd show graphs of it, you know, on pictures, and, and then we got all this medical information about where the colon was and what the colon was. <laughs> And, and somebody asked one time in a, in a news conference, why are we getting all these gory details about the president's colon? And someone said, well, listen to this, because you have a right to know. <laughs> Good reason, I guess. Because you have a right to know. And, and I suppose that everybody in this world feels like he has a right to know whenever something happens. What's happening and why? And there is a part of man's makeup that he always wants to know what lies beyond the other hill. And I remember I had a one-armed science teacher who was always jumping on us for not being inquisitive. And he, he was always encouraging us never to accept anything when you read it at face value. Always ask why, you know, always inquire. And so when I see these things happen in life that I cannot understand, I want to know why. Because man just 
seems to be unable to live with mystery. We're always saying, why me? But you know, never, I've never heard anybody say, why not me? And I have observed that God has not always shown why. Now, I heard about a man who, who had a son who died uh, in, a, in a tragic way uh, early in his life. And, and, and people were coming to him and they were saying to him, they said, now, now you, you, know, you need to take, you know, get, get, get control of yourself because God is going to use your son's death in a marvelous way. And this man said, I know that God is using my son's death. He didn't die in vain. I've I've seen several of my family members who have come to Christ as the result of my son's death, as a result of my son's death. And then he paused and said, But that is not enough. And it isn't. And and we do see how God can use tragedy. But using tragedy is not really enough for us. It doesn't answer the questions that we have. So let's go back to the text and let's take a long look at the text. Well, not too long. And let's observe some things about the text up front. Number one is that these people didn't say, did somebody sin? They didn't ask that. They didn't ask Jesus. Jesus, did somebody sin? They just said, who sinned? There was no doubt in their mind that someone had sinned. That was the prevailing theology of that day. When there was an illness or something like this, somebody had to sin to cause it. And there were even a few people who believed that a person could be born blind for sin that he would commit later. Kind of a sin now and pay later kind of a proposition. So they gave Jesus two options. They said, did this man sin or did his family sin? And Jesus' response was, neither one. In other words, this blindness was not brought on because of sin. But Jesus continued, watch this that the works of God might be manifest in him. Now, I need you to um, zero in here just a minute. It sounds like when Jesus said, in order that the works of God might be displayed in him, it sounds like that what he is saying is this, that the reason this person was born blind was so that God could manifest His power. That's what it sounds like, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound like that? Or is this thing on? (laughs) doesn't Doesn't it look like that? That's what it looks like. It sounds like, looks like. That He's saying that this man was born blind in order that God's power might be manifest. He's not saying that at all. He's not saying that he was born blind so that God could manifest his power or himself through that blindness. Notice in the American Standard, if you have a new American Standard, the words it was are in italics. You've got that. You you see that, right? The words it was are in italics. That means it's not there in the original manuscript and it shouldn't be. Because what Jesus was talking about was not the reason for his blindness. He was talking about the works, the result of his blindness. 
He's not saying that this man was born blind in order that God might be manifested and his power might be manifested in his works. He's saying that the result of this man's blindness would be that God would manifest his works. And there's a big, big difference. You understand the difference, don't you? There is a difference between the reason and the result. Jesus, I want to say it again so you'll get it. Jesus is not saying that the reason this man was born blind was so God could manifest His works. That's what I hear everybody say. He is saying this, that the result of this man's blindness will be that God will manifest His power and His works. The important thing, now write this down and put a line under it. The important thing is not the reason. The important thing is the result Now watch this. If there is a mystery in life, or or an illness, or a death, or a blindness, the important thing is not the reason for that, but what will be the result of it. See? And that's what Jesus is driving at here. And Jesus goes on to say, look at this, He said, I must work the works of Him who sent me, As long as it is day, the night is coming when no man can work. Now let me put this in translation. Get this translation. This is what he's saying. Here's the translation. It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, period. You can put a period there. It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, period. Here goes the translation. But so the works of God might be manifest in him, I must work the works of him who sent me. That's how the translation is. So that Jesus was saying this. Instead of standing around here trying to answer why this man was born blind, we need to get on with the business of doing something about blindness. See. Now we can spend our time trying to understand or explain why these mysteries occur. And Jesus said, we'll waste all the daylight doing that. And we need to forget about trying to explain the reason and get on with the result. The amazing thing was that Jesus didn't even answer the question. In fact, the Lord ignored the question. There's another place where he does this. For example, it's Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. Let me read those to you. Now, on the same occasion, there were some present who reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were greater sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered this fate? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. Or do you suppose that those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them were worse culprits than all the men who lived in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Notice that that comes on the heels of the question, what, why did this happen to these people? And Jesus refused to discuss the question. He just went on with the, with, with the business of saying, unless you get on with the business of repenting, something's going to happen to you. Now, it occurred to me one time that the Lord could have answered every single question about the mysteries of life. He could have answered every one of them. 
I mean, there are so many mysteries in this life that he could have answered. And those questions that he could have answered. But he ignores the questions that are most important to us, strangely enough. He doesn't offer answers to the mysteries. What he does is he offers what we ought to do about the problems and the mysteries of life. He, he gives information about the results. So the question is really not, why? If you don't get any further than asking why, that's going to enslave you in self-pity for the rest of your life. The question is not why. The question is, what now? Jesus is saying, what he's saying is this, this man is blind, let's do something about it. Let's don't waste the daylight asking questions that we can't answer. Let's do something about the problem that exists. So the greater question is not why, the greater question is what do we do now? And if we move from the question why to the question what do we do now, it does three things for us. It saves us from self-pity. First, saves us from self-pity. It's very easy to get immersed in self-pity and to see life only through our pain and say, poor me, poor me. It saves us from that. When I'm asking, what do I do now? It delivers me from feeling sorry for myself. Second, it gives us a future. If I ask only why, I'm, st I'm saying, in effect, my life is over. I can never be happy as I was before it happened. But if I can come to the Lord and I can ask, what do I do now? It means that I have something to look forward to. I have something to live for. And that's what Psalm 42 is about. The psalmist says, I will yet praise you. He didn't say, I can praise you now. He's saying, I will yet praise you. I have a future and I'm moving to that future. You show me what I can do about this. You show me what I should do now. That means that I have something to live for. And third, it makes me a part of God's work. Everything about my life and your life has a strategic purpose, a definite purpose. And God's purpose can be accomplished, and I can be a part of it. Now watch this. When you've read this story before, and I know you've read it many times, has it ever struck you that a whole man would have been no use to Jesus that day? A whole man, a man who could see, would have been no use to Jesus that day. It does something for us to understand that he did something because that man was blind that he could have never done without a blind man. And the most usable man in this whole story was that blind man. Now I can ask why and I'm probably going to get the silent treatment. Because the people who ask why got the silent treatment from God. 
I can ask why, and I can get the silent treatment, because I've already suggested that God doesn't always answer the questions. I can ask why, and, and I'll get the silent treatment, but I can ask, what do I do now? And you know what I find? I find the will of God for my life. And when I ask, what can I do now? What can I do about this and the result of this? God will clue me in or, or plug me in to His work, and I become a part of His work. Now, what we've learned, I think, out of this whole series, I've learned, can be put into one big sentence, and it would be like this. That all the people who are a part of the human situation in life are subject to illness and tragedy and, and heartache. None of us are exempt. And that... Having faith is, you know, does not exempt you or guarantee you some miracle from God. And if I'm just willing to accept the fact that a part of the human situation is suffering, and I say to God, all right, God, show me what's now for me. I get plugged in to a marvelous plan and all things indeed work together for good. And I'm a part of that. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the hope that is in Christ Jesus. And for the fact that he gave us so many ways to believe. That the reasons are not the important things, but the results. Not the why, but the what now. And Lord, those of us who have been more or less exempt from suffering and death find it easier to say these words than others. I pray you'll give us all the grace and the strength to come to the Lord to say in every experience of life, I don't understand why, I don't need to, if you'll help me know what now. For I pray in Jesus' name for His sake. I want to ask you to stand now as we have our invitation. We invite you to come tonight as God would lead you to come. Maybe to give your life to Christ or to join our church. Come to rededicate your life to Jesus. We invite you to come while we sing.